welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast with me, Ishreen Bradley, Chief Inspiration Officer at Belonging Pioneers. And me, Kami Nuttall, founder of Culture Lab Consultancy. Privilege is a conundrum that dilutes the culture of fairness at work. And as a leader, you recognize that your organization has more to do. You want to create success through connection and belonging, and you're unsure about how to make it happen. Now, the Privilege Eruption podcast is where you have the opportunity to evolve breakthrough thinking about the impact of power, privilege and purpose and how that shows up at work. And in these podcasts, you will gain the courage and confidence to realize a culture of inclusion for all. Today, more than ever, people are asking what we can do to dismantle white supremacy. When Leila Efsad launched her Instagram campaign, Me and White Supremacy, she had no idea about how this would become a phenomenon. Within a short while, over 90,000 people had downloaded her workbook. People were interested in how they could steward their privilege if they were white. In our last episode, we looked at how this concept had generated a bit of a stigma in that the concept of white privilege was over-talked about, but the concept of privilege as a whole was less figural, given that people felt undermined and attacked if they were white people. We shared with you how you could look at stewarding your privilege, no matter what your race, your gender, your age, your sexuality, etc. Now, today, we are thrilled and delighted to be introducing you to someone who's been actively doing the work to understand his own white privilege and steward his white privilege beyond what he was doing in the past. And this episode contains an interview with our very special guest, Roger Williams, who will be sharing those experiences with you. Let me tell you a little bit about Roger. Roger has a 40-year career in technology, starting in um, AI at BT Labs and leading consulting practices at Capgemini, which is actually where I met him, I think, about 20 years ago, um, PA Consulting and his own business now, Intelligent Linking. He specializes today in helping organizations to develop signature customer experiences that drive loyalty and customer growth utilizing a range of techniques designed to uncover deep insights into organizational behavior and customer perceptions. Earlier this year, Roger, Cami, and I met to talk about a survey about privilege. We call it the privilege conundrum. And through working with us on this survey, Roger himself embarked on a personal journey to a more conscious understanding and behavior in his own use of privilege. And I'm really thrilled that he's agreed to share that with us because I think that'll give you some great insight into the kind of journey um, everybody has to go through in really coming to terms with their privilege and how to use that in a conscious way to benefit others. Roger, welcome. Welcome to this podcast. Hi, hi Kami. Hi, Ashreen. Hey. How are you? How are you doing? Very good, very good. COVID-free. Fantastic, fantastic. Great to spend some time with you today, Roger. 
Um, I've been looking forward to it with an amount of anxiety. <laughs> oh, no, no, oh, no. Don't be anxious. No, no. Everyone, you know, the, your journey, your journey is an interesting one. And just to set the scene why we, we asked you to do this, right? You've been so involved in, in the design stage of our, our survey that we're collaborating on that, I, you know, I think it's worth sharing your, sharing your own experience. So, you know, Please, yeah, please, yeah. please don't be anxious. It's a no, good no. conversation. No, we and and you know, one thing we love is the way you really took on studying and experiencing your own privilege and, and uncovering what you didn't know, your unconscious privilege. You know, uh, um it's been it's been a real journey for me, uh, and it has been, it's been quite challenging. Um it, you know, in the same way that I approach any other work that I do, um, quite often I don't really understand a lot about the organization that I work with and I don't necessarily understand the motivations of their customers and the, and the people involved. So I do put a lot of effort into trying to get my head around that issue and challenge. So when you first asked me, would I like to be involved in doing something like this? I, I, was, I was immediately gripped for two reasons. One, because I recognized the, 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 the need for such work to be done. Um, and I understood, the, I understood the hypothesis that was driving the argument on, on privilege. But the second thing is that I realized how very little I knew about it. And what mm -hmm. I really enjoy, how, how I get my head around something best is when I have to do something with it. So... Yeah. That that was the starting point for a, for a little bit of a roller coaster ride. No, I, I do you know what I remember? How I like I was overwhelmed with how much research you actually did in yeah. getting to the first version of the survey. This, you know, it's it's always been uh, something that I that I pride myself on in the sense that I'd really genuinely immerse myself in. In the subject area, what one of just to go back a bit, Ishreen, when we worked together at, at Cap Gemini, I remember once I worked that, that we brought in a guy that was was part used to work as the energy regulator uh, for for gas, and I studied and worked with him so much uh, over a three day period, and we went and had this meeting with somebody who then said, "Look, I can tell you've obviously had a massive career in the gas industry, but electricity <laughs> is very different." <laughs> I was really stuck because I didn't know whether to say to him, actually, I've only been doing the gas thing for three days, which oh, would then be a difficulty. There or, you go. Or, that, or, or to just say, yeah, of course, that's great. So it was an impossible situation to get out of. But I've just used it as an, as, as an example of, 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 of immersing myself in a subject yeah. area. And, and you know, the thing that I found, which was really mm -hmm. interesting, is that there was a lot of perception of privilege and a lot of misperception of privilege but there was as we as we both discovered all three of us discovered very little data yeah, to actually underpin or evidence this which was which was really a, a, a kind of rev you know it's a revelation to me that that, yeah. that data doesn't exist so no it's true and i'm really excited because working with you in our next episode we're going to be able to share some of the early data right uh yeah the, the, i mean we can't i can't wait to see see how things start um, yeah. to, to develop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but 
So can, before we before we dive in, Roger, I, I because this is a podcast and people won't be able to see you, but perhaps we could start with how you might identify yourself so others who are listening to this can at least have a picture in their mind. Sure. So, so I'm a classic pale male and stale. Uh, I, I look exactly like that character. Um, I don't. I, I don't actually believe that I am a male, pale, and stale individual. But that's exactly how I must come across to a lot of people. Um, I, I, it's a really strange thing, but I, I never know how old I am and how white I am until I look in a mirror, uh, and that kind of reminds me. So I try not to look into too many mirrors, but uh, it, <laughs> that's that's my kind of background and to to. To a casual observer, I, I, I look like the, the classic traditional Welsh pale male stale individual. Yeah. Okay. And, and um, actually, from a personal perspective, Roger, I just want everybody to know that you might look like that. But even before you started this work with us, you're so not that. Um, you know, Roger and I worked together at Capgemini many, many years ago. I think it was in the late 90s. And um, one thing that I'll always treasure about you is how when I got caught in an unconscious privileged trap and I didn't know the invisible rules that were operating in that organization, how you really supported me and assisted me in finding um, a way to continue in that organization and not just continue, but to be really successful. Yeah, well, and, you know, and you championed me on that, and I really appreciate amazing. it. Amazing. It, it was it was it was a privilege, and um, you for me to to be supporting you in a positive way. Thank you. So. Well, well, let's dive in then. Let's let's talk about your experience, Roger. I think um, I think it, I, you know I personally am very interested in how how you've sort of approached this challenge that we that we set earlier this year around exploring the topic more deeply and then creating a survey so and and I know you've had some deep experiences around that so so where would you like to begin well let's let's f focus in um, from my background um, I, I'm from the valleys in, in South Wales um, I, I, I throughout my career I've come across a few people that kind of look down their nose at somebody from the valleys and mm. wonder what it is they've got to contribute etc and uh, you could say uh, maybe a little bit of a chip on the shoulder, but I, I, I typically set out to prove my own worth with people as I met them um, throughout my life. And in that sense, I also saw the struggle that maybe other people had um, in making their own way uh, and the resentment or the privilege or the exercise of, of uh, different forms of... Um, challenging people who are trying basically just to to contribute and make their make uh make their own way i've always been a supporter of uh maybe this is the wrong term but i can't think of anything better to say than the underdog mm. where somebody um, may be imposing their will on somebody else i've i've typically gone and defended that person and and stood with them yeah. and said you know enough um and that's been that's been a little bit of a mark on me for, for, for throughout my life. And I, I, maybe if if you'd ask if you'd ask me right at the beginning of us meeting, how privileged do you feel? I'd say 
I'm complete opposite. I'm on your side. I'm with you. I'm kind of supporting and coming from that perspective. Mm. Um, and then the reality kind of sunk in during the process, the research that I did, the phrases that I uncovered, the ways in which it impacts people. Suddenly I kind of had my hands on my head going, holy crap, this, this, I've got a bit of, this going on in my own head. Right. I have been guilty of laughing at inappropriate jokes. I've been guilty of telling inappropriate jokes. I've been guilty of thinking inappropriately about people. And it's interesting how so many of the experiences I could reflect on made me feel a lot more, as I became more conscious of the issue of, of privilege, made me become more conscious of my own poor behavior. Mm in the past. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, for, a, for a long period of time, I worked for the European Commission and I spent quite a lot of time in Eastern Europe. So when I hear an Eastern European accent, I, I, I kind of like to point out to people that I, I know that you're from Bulgaria or I know that's Romanian or I know that you sound Polish and you might be from Southern Poland and then start talking about different areas. So I've got this habit of saying to people, where are you from originally? <laughs> Almost at the first meeting. And now I've kind of understood that, why am I asking that? Nobody asks me. Well, yeah. actually, actually, because I've got a Welsh accent, people, quite a lot of people do say, where are you from originally? Because you're not, you know, and I say very West Kent um, rather than Wales. <laughs> So it's just the very west of Kent and, and, and kind of laugh it off that way. But I imagine now putting myself in the position of somebody saying, well, where are you from originally? And somebody saying, well, you know, Manchester. And you go, no, no, before that, well, yeah. Manchester. And you, you go, oh, hang on a minute. What you're saying is because you're black or because you've got a, a Polish accent or because you've got this, I'm making a huge assumption. And, and that's me being inquisitive. But actually, I thought it was me being inquisitive and, and positive. But actually, that person might be getting that question from very different people for very different reasons. And therefore, their reaction to my question could quite reasonably be quite, oh, why do you want to know that? What, what's mm -hmm. made you ask me that? Yeah, or, or even, Roger, from my personal experience, there's an example where somebody asked me, where am I from? And I was like, oh, I wonder if they're asking me where I was born or where I live right now. And I actually said that to them. I said, well, are you interested in where I was born or where I, where I live right now? And they said, no, 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 which department you work for? <laughs> that's, that's um, that, yeah. And, and I think that's exactly, that's exactly it. It's, it's such a strange um, it's a strange question, isn't it? It's a really strange question that evokes a lot of different responses from different people, depending on where they come from, as in their lived experience. True. Yeah. And, and, you know, me asking it is purely me being interested in them. Yeah. But actually, why am I asking the question? And, and it's because maybe I want to say I've been there or I know the town or I've been in the yeah. country or I did some work with them. I'm, I'm just asking the question to share a story, but yeah. I'm not thinking about the journey that that person has had yeah. and the number of times they get asked this question by people who aren't well-meaning. 
Yeah. And therefore, why am I asking the question myself? What, what, what am I trying to get out of it? So I've stopped asking that question first time I meet people. Yeah. And, and that's, that's yeah, that's really great. And that's one of the famous microaggressions, isn't it? And I think um, it's a, it seems a really reasonable question on the surface of it, but for people who are in an underrepresented group, it sends them into some kind of trauma. It can, do, and, and even if that was only one in ten, then it's certainly one in ten that I don't want to do. Yeah, and I don't miss, I don't miss not asking the question. Yeah, but it does raise in my subconscious mind when I'm talking to somebody for the first time. Yeah, and then I just now I consciously dismiss it and, and yeah. carry on asking yeah. them questions. Maybe second, third, fourth meeting with that individual, the subject might come up. Yeah. Yeah. But you have a level of trust with that individual that has generated over time. Yeah. And there's, no, there's no assumption that you need to know because yeah. why do you need to know? Exactly. Yeah. I, why do I need to know that? I don't need yeah. to know it for any reason other than I want to see if I can identify with you and make you yeah. comfortable. But yeah. in doing so, I'm making you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to stop doing it. Yeah. And, and that, was, that, was a, that was a kind of a big point really early on doing the survey that I then – um, sort of admitted to you guys and you yeah. think that through because it's it was a you know suddenly something that I thought, thought was a friendly gesture obviously had a barbed potential in it and it, you know it, it's interesting how you learn that from that experience um, yeah but but there was another moment um, which was which was a real turn, turning point moment as well, uh, which when we were in the very early days talking through the, um, the issues and the challenges of, of getting the language of the survey right, etc., we all piled into a meeting. And I, again, I was, we've done everything on Zoom, haven't we, guys? So that's, mm. there I was faced with um, uh, five people of colour staring back at me as the white person. Mm. And... I was so nervous during that meeting of of not saying the wrong thing. And I got a real sense of what it must feel like to be the only person of colour facing five white people in a conversation where I felt there's something not going to quite click or even though we've got on like a house on fire, even though we're great friends, even though everybody was lovely and charming and we were all having a nice conversation, I suddenly felt like an outsider in a conversation. And that was that did two things to me. First of all, it, it really challenged me to think, wow, why do you even think like that? Why, mm-hmm. why did that, does that evening occur to you that you might have a gaffe and say something inappropriate? And, and secondly, that how does that feel when people of colour are constantly in a situation with, with a gang of white people who might say, oh, yeah, you know, and, I, and I've heard this and I've seen this myself. This isn't just about people of colour. It's about sexual orientation and religion and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But there's, you can be in a big, big gang of guys who will then say, oh, will we'll then say a, a filthy joke about a woman with a woman present and then go, she's okay. She gets this. It's only banter. Yeah. And then you hear that and you hear people saying that. And then at the time I always used to think, Oh, maybe this is inappropriate, but now I'm kind of, Oh, 
Now, I, I, you know, I'm now questioning some of the conversations that I'm in and some of the relationships that I have. Mm. So obviously, mm. privilege, the exercise of privilege under the, the heading of, of banter. Mm. Um, and it's inappropriate. Yeah. It's yeah. inappropriate. I've become very intolerant of those kinds of conversations. Yeah. And I know people. Oh, <laughs> we're both, I think we're both jumping in. We're Go for it, yeah. So, um, I have an example of somebody you would you would know, Roger, from our consulting days. I I won't know. I, I won't say who it is, but I remember being in a sales meeting with myself and two others, and these two others. One was a colleague, and one was a potential client, and they both had the white men with gray beards and big bellies and we were in this meeting and at one point they were both kind of wobbling their stroking their stomachs almost looking at looking at each other in a connected way and I sat there thinking wow I'm never gonna get a word in this conversation because they are so related to each other like I just felt I didn't I, I couldn't actually verbalize that at the time I can now, but at the time I just felt this sinking feeling of I I don't count here. That's yeah, that's that's interesting. I find that story so depressing. As you listen to this episode and Roger's experiences, please take some time to reflect on that and see how you can contribute. One big way in which you can contribute and impact the whole conversation around privilege, how we can be fair about privilege with everyone, whether they're in the majority group or in an underrepresented group, and how we can start to build a fairer society, a fairer environment in the workplace, please do pop over to the show notes, click on the link in there to our privilege research and complete the survey. It should take you no more than 20 minutes. Um, it will cause more thinking and reflection and insight for you and give you tools that you can take away and apply in your work. But more than that, it'll help us build a big body of knowledge around what this thing privilege actually means in the workplace, how it gets in the way, because we do believe this privilege is what causes a lack of equity at work and takes away from everybody being able to contribute at their best. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for joining us. Our intention is to bring you new insights about the impact of power, privilege and purpose at work for you and for your organisation. You can check out our episode description for social media accounts and don't forget to send in your questions and you can send those to our email equitychampions at belongingpioneers.com. We look forward to sharing more about power, privilege and purpose at work with you on this podcast. Now, if you got value, please remember to share it with your networks. Please leave us a review. And as Cami said, please do remember to send us any questions that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye.